Order and chaos are the yang and the yin of the famous talus symbol, two serpents head to tail. Order is the white masculine serpent. Chaos is the black feminine counterpart. The black dot in the white and the white in the black indicate the possibility of transformation. Just when things seem secure, the unknown can loom unexpectedly and large. Conversely, just when everything seems lost, new order can emerge from catastrophe and chaos. Welcome to Flourish. I'm Diane Planetan, and you're in the right place if you're ready to create an inspired life. And we do so by working on our own personal development so we can be strong role models for those we love and mentor. And I'm super excited to start the new year with a book review. Yes, I spent the holidays reading quite a bit, and my choice this time is Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life, <laughs> An Antidote to Chaos. Well, what's the secret sauce? What's the secret recipe? Let me tell you, I got a feeling it really explained well the meaning of life, the order of life, and how you can indeed reach equanimity between order and chaos for balanced living. That first beginning part was a quote out of his book in the foreword. Um, uh, he, he comments quite a bit about how he came to write this book. It's called The Overture, to be quite formal. But the first rule for life, let's just dig right in here. This is super exciting. Stand up straight with your shoulders back. How fantastic is that? Think about it. Are you sitting? Are you standing? What are you doing right now? Maybe you're driving. Just get a little straighter. Put your shoulders back. The physiology there is just amazing. It just all of a sudden boosts your confidence a little bit. So I love this first rule, and I love the, the order of this book. And it is such a good read that we are doing an episode for each chapter. So feel free to follow along as you read the book, or maybe you've already read it and need a little discussion, perspective. These views are all my opinion, but <laughs> I thought, what a good read this book was. And I really don't understand the, the bad rap it gets in, in the press about male, female, masculine, femininity, etc., etc. The explanation is, without a doubt, from an export, of which the New York Times says is the most influential public intellect in the Western world right now. This man knows a thing or two about what he's talking about. The fun little way the, the, the book begins is uh, in reference to crustaceans, specifically lobsters, who are, well, they've been around about 350 million years, but apparently their neurons, uh, the magic code of the brain, are easy to map. And in comparison, and how the lobsters parody the story, it really talks about how they'll just make themselves larger than life, get courageous, and really build themselves up because even lobsters have a pecking order. Yes, Peterson goes in to tell a few stories about pecking orders between birds, wrens, chickens, hens, and of course the mighty lobsters. So I love that because as humans, we too have a pecking order. We too have a natural pyramid on how we 
escalate through life. You can't start at the top, right? You don't have to be great to be at the top, but you have to start to get there. That's a little twist on the words from Zig Ziglar's original quotation, so I am going to give him credit for putting that in my mind. But let's get into what I absolutely love, and that's the neurochemistry of it all. The lobster's loser brain chemistry differs importantly from that of a lobster winner, Peterson says. This is reflected in their relative postures. So there's been study after study, and, and the chemical behavior, the serotonin, the configuration, you, you can see. You can see exactly what is going on, their characteristics, how they're acting, reflecting, being, doing, and... It's male and female, masculine and feminine lobsters. They're all, you know, the mighty ones are the ones that are the survivors. They stare adversity right in the face and they go to battle. And that is why the masculine and feminine is so fascinating in the introduction of this book in the first chapter. Stand up straight with your shoulders back, right? does quote biblicals and I'm going to say I love that because that is one big storybook isn't it so in this particular reference Peterson quotes Matthew uh, 25 29 and (laughs) to those who have everything more will be given from those who have nothing everything will be taken and that's why I just wanted to mention that because for those who have everything Those are the people, those are the lobsters that stand up for themselves, who make a pathway, who do not wallow in their sorrows. Because let me tell you, there are lobsters that do that as well. And (laughs) Peterson talks really funny little idioms every now and then. I don't know how that translates into the other languages the book has been printed in, but The dominant lobster parades around his territory, rousting subordinate lobsters from their shelters at night, just to remind them who's their daddy. So inasmuch as other species do not have the same brains that us humans have, our little superpower, crowning jewel of humans, they do know the order of operations and they do have this natural instinct on what to do so it's it's a good comparison and i'm paraphrasing and i'm giving you a summary here but oh what a beautiful read i mean if you this book is highlighted it's pen marked it's note taken i've got sticky tabs everywhere just highlighting some thought-provoking things But what really, really stood out to me is how Peterson talks about, you know, different fairy tales, the Beauty and the Beast and Alice in Wonderland and how all of these dominance hierarchies have been an essential permanent feature of the environment to which all complex life has adapted. That's one of his quotes. So with status in society, I thought, you know what he didn't mention? He didn't mention that. One of my favorite little movies called The Princess Switch, where there's a princess and a baker who look very much alike. Without spoiling the entire show, 
I will tell you the interesting thing about it was the princess and the baker switch places, hence the princess switch. So the princess has to teach the baker how to walk with poise and demure, held up high, head up high, confidence. Then the baker teaches the princess how to emulate her in order for her to blend into the bakery life. So the princess says, well, that's easy. And she shows her how she walks and she slumps her shoulders down, hangs her head down, and she's shuffling along the floor. Needless to say, the baker's been going through a rough time. So that was a really interesting <laughs> reflection of the baker from the princess switch. But as the fairy tales have it, and real life, she learned to hold her head up high. And yes, she did have a storybook life. Now, back to Peterson, and not necessarily the lobsters, but I do love and finally understand his discussion about lobsters. You know, I've seen quite a few talks of his, and I didn't, I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But now, reading this book, going through the chapter, I get it. So, very thankful for that. So I started out the episode reading a quote from uh, about the yin and the yang. And I, I think that's really relevant, especially because the feminine is the chaos. Remember, I didn't say female. I said the feminine is chaos and the masculine is order. So about that, Peterson said in one of his interviews that I listened to, chaos is the domain that you don't understand and emerges unpredictably, but also the domain from which new forms emerge. On the other hand, Peterson says, the domain of order is that place where you are when what you are doing is producing the results that you want to produce. The end result. So I like that. So this book is constantly looking for that balance between order and chaos. And that's where I feel, remember, this is all in my opinion, that we're reaching a point to discuss where life finds its meaning, where, where we find our own personal meaning in life. And that's everyone. For, that's different for everyone. And that's why I thought this is really an interesting read because it applies to everyone. And not everything he says is sunshine and roses, but hmm, it's direct. And oh, being a little feminine with the chaos. Well, turns out that can be a little bit of a superpower too. But again, I don't want to spoil things for you quite yet. Now, he goes on to say, it's chaos within order, within chaos, within higher order. The order that is most real is the order that is most unchanging, and that is not necessarily the order that is most easily seen. Oh, is that a tongue twister or what? But that's how nature is so dynamic. And In that same area, he talks about the Red Queen from Alice in Wonderland, who, and I quote, in my kingdom, no one, and I mean no one, no one standing still can triumph, no matter how well constituted. So that got me also to thinking, and that is what's great about this book. 
it's going to prompt thinking. If you really dive into it, get, get, get a moment to really have some peace and quiet so you can read the book. It's a, it's not going to happen all in one sitting, I don't think, but the, the queen was right in what she said. Nothing happens if you're not moving. Well, it's the same thing in life. You know, you can't manifest abundance without taking action. The secret is to have a goal, to have a vision, to have a dream, to have a destination, and then move towards that. That's what gets you out of bed every day. That's what gets you out of bed every day. So I, I love that he comes up with these fun little quirky things, which everybody can relate to. Now, he talks about the part of our brain that keeps track of our position in the dominance hierarchy is therefore <laughs> exceptionally ancient and fundamental. Dominance hierarchy, Peterson says, are older than trees. That is fascinating. He goes on to say, it is a master control system modulating our perceptions, values, emotions, thoughts, and actions. It powerfully affects every aspect of our being, with a capital B, conscious and unconscious alike. This is why when we are defeated, we act very much like lobsters who have lost the fight. Fold into yourself. Shirk away. Our posture droops, he says. We face the ground. We feel threatened, hurt, anxious, and weak. If things do not improve, we become chronically depressed. Oh. So, much of the basic neurochemistry that the lobsters are going through is the same. Low serotonin means less happiness, more pain and anxiety, more illness and shorter lifespan. <laughs> Among humans, not just crustaceans. So that is why the lobsters are being used. The lobsters are used in comparison. It's a simple comparison, but it's an understandable comparison. So if you're reading this book, don't think, oh, it's above my head. It's above my, you know, education, um, or it's below me. I don't know. What I'm saying is the explanation here, it's clear, concise, to the point, and very well written to explain to the average bear, like me, what exactly is going on. And this is, this is fascinating because you, human nature should be a full-time study. It really should for everybody, right, right back into high school because uh, people, people get confused. And when you have some science, you have some facts, you have some details, you have some fun stories to share those rules for a life rules of evolution, how, how we came to be, it, it can be really quite interesting for everyone involved. This is where he talks about being, you know, your, your status in life, high, low, in between. Are you a millionaire or a minion? It all comes through your physiology of your mindset. He goes on to say, for example, if you're a very confident person, Change might be opportunity instead of disaster when it's flowing, flowing for you because your position in life is secure. The future is likely to be good for you. It's worthwhile to think in a long-term plan for a better tomorrow. 
when you have that, mm, that drive, that holding your head up high, you don't need to grasp impulsively at whatever crumbs come your way because you can realistically expect good things to remain available. You can delay gratification without foregoing it forever. You can afford to be a reliable, thoughtful citizen. So <laughs> you want to be the top lobster. And the fun thing about lobsters is they don't all live together in the same house, do they? So it's, it's kind of nice. They're all over, all over the place. So if you have a high status, so that is that invisible ladder we're all climbing that we want to make sure is on the, the right wall. And I think that's something to look forward to, something to strive towards, because regardless of where you are in your life right now, you get a choice. You get to choose. If you're going to let the crowd pull you down, or it might even be your family who aren't feeling very <laughs> confident in your decision-making, provided they're decent decisions, or are you going to branch out and are you going to put your head up and shoulders back, head hell high? That's why you have to stand up straight with your shoulders held up. I had a little happy face I wanted to highlight here. And this is, <laughs> I'm telling you, I got so many funny little stories out of this one chapter. But basically, it's... Uh, <laughs> It talks about, well, let me just, I'll, I'll quote it for you because otherwise I'll, I'll, I'll ruin it. So the body with its various parts needs to function like a well-rehearsed orchestra. Every system must play its role properly and at exactly the right time or noise and chaos ensue. It is for this reason that routine is so necessary. The acts of life we repeat every day need to be automized. They must be turned into stable and reliable habits so they lose their complexity and gain predictability and simplicity. We love familiarity. We do. And the only way to change is to create a new routine, create a new habit to the point where it becomes familiar. It's comfortable. You can handle it with ease. And... <laughs> This is the funny part, because he goes on to say, this can be perceived most clearly in the case of small children who are delightful and comical and playful when their sleeping and eating schedules are stable and horrible and whiny and nasty when they are not. So I think you have until about the age of four to get your life together in that regard. And it's all about socialization. You know, a lot of people say, well, etiquette, that's old fashioned. Hmm, sure. But without some order, only chaos would exist. So these tiny humans have to be groomed. And the beautiful thing is, is they're molding over and over and over and changing over time. So that's why it's important to be a role model for those you love and mentor in a positive way in a decisive way, with clear values. Because when your values are clear, your decisions are easy. So if you're raising a child and they're going through the different stages of life, 
regardless of where they are, you have this opportunity to help guide them and help socialize them. Because guess what? Otherwise, the teachers at the school, the basketball coach, the friends, they will have a bigger influence on them. And if your child doesn't understand, you know, what, the, the, what happens in different situations, you have to help them understand how to make a decision because what's the consequence? What is the bottom line effect if you don't? Sure, they're little monsters. I'm going to agree. I have a little monster of my own. But not so much when you perceive it like, oh, this is a really a tiny human. I can help shape and form and groom and let their butterfly wings go and bring them back when they need you. But then let them go. You just you have to keep playing that back and forth, back and forth. So anyways, I put a smiley face because I know those tiny humans can be a little difficult at times, but that's why you have to be the adult and the role model, the role model for sure. So then through adulthood, Peterson goes on to talk about different you know problems that us adults have and how we get into a loop, whether it's a positive or a negative loop. The feedback we're getting is sort of like the alcoholic dragging their friends down to drink with them, to drown their sorrows. But every day is like Groundhog Day and it never ends. Or the depressed person who just keeps weighing themselves down. Woe is me. There is help. There is books. There are clinical psychologists. There are there are humans to help other humans for this reason because we're all here to serve and help each other on this planet so really interesting uh outline he gives in his book about how this loop happens and how uh you know you can get dragged down and and, and literally into victim mode for your entire life and that's not living <laughs> it's not living Oh, but if you slump around, he says, with the same bearing that characterizes a defeated lobster, people will assign you a lower status. And the old counter that you shared with crustaceans sitting at the very base of your brain will assign you a low dominance number. Then your brain will not produce as much serotonin. This will make you less happy and more anxious and sad and more likely to back down when you should stand up for yourself. Standing up straight, shoulders back, head held high. And even if you have to act that way for a while until you can convince your brain that you are a strong warrior princess, you're the Athena, fill in the blank, who is the goddess, the god, the warrior, that really resembles someone you can look up to. We all need a mentor. And it can be a virtual mentor. It doesn't have to be a person. It can be a coach. It can be a virtual coach. What it is, is just something It's like, you know, what would Cleopatra do? Would she take that? I don't think so. Just given a little for saying, I did a whole series 
on Robert Greene's book, The Laws of Human Nature. And I tell you, I would have loved to met some of those people in history, but that's, that's another story. So in order to do this, and that's why I'm saying this book will almost give you the meaning of life to being on how, how you poof yourself into the next level, how you have to push yourself, push yourself, parent yourself, be a strong role model. Okay, so here we go. So he says, you respond to a challenge instead of bracing for a catastrophe. You see the gold the dragon hoards instead of shrinking in terror from the all-too-real fact of the dragon. You stick forward. You step forward to take your place in the dominance hierarchy and occupy your territory, manifesting mm -hmm, your willingness to defend, expand, and transform it. That can occur practically or symbolically as a physical or as a conceptual structuring. So I thought that was quite interesting because he used the word manifest, but he also said, take action. You move forward. All that gold's not just for the dragon. You have to slay the dragon. What is your dragon that you have to slay? The dragon within you, whether it be mentally, uh, spiritually, monetarily, what is that dragon? What is going to move you, bounce you, give you meaning to get out of bed every day? It's something to think about. And that's, again, there's so much to think about with this book. That's why I'm dedicating 12 episodes to it. To stand up straight with your shoulders back, Peterson says, is to accept the terrible responsibility of life with eyes wide open willingly undertaking the sacrifice necessary to generate a productive and meaningful reality. It means acting to please God in the ancient language. Oh, this is nothing new, guys. This is nothing new. This is you taking charge of your life, speaking your mind, putting, putting your desires forward. And Peterson says, as if you had a right to them, at least the same right as others. Remember what Dorothea Brandt always said, act as if it was impossible to fail. And eventually, this isn't overnight, no overnight success here, you will begin to feel that physically, spiritually, mentally. Your body will thank you for it. You'll be a much healthier person. And it'll come across. It'll come across. You'll be gleaming a shining beacon. It's just amazing. But again, it's not going to happen overnight because guess what? Oh, that COVID 20 pounds that we all gained, that didn't happen in one day. No. A year and a half, two years later, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> but we've chosen to make a change the better to take care of our little body temples it's so nice so he says walk tall and gaze forthrightly ahead dare to be dangerous encourage their serotonin to flow plentiful through the neural pathways desperate for its calming influence and that's one thing i really didn't get into the details of with the serotonin how it impacts the dominant lobster versus the defeated lobster 
but humans are the same. The serotonin has a different effect. Is it downtrodden or is it calming? I think it's meant to calm us, so it would be nice if that was the only thing it did. Now, moving forward. Thus emboldened, I love that word he says, you will embark on the voyage of your life. Let your light shine, so to speak, on the heavenly hill and pursue your rightful destiny. Then the meaning of your life may be sufficient to keep the corrupting influence of mortal despair at bay. Then you may be able to accept the terrible burden of the world and find joy. Yes, we all have to find our joy so much nicer. Look for your inspiration to be victorious. Be victorious like the lobster. With its 350 million years of practical wisdom, stand up straight with your shoulders back, your head held high, and live a more inspired life.